Hi, my name's Elijah, and welcome to my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters. Today, my guest is Jenna Andrews. Jenna is an amazing songwriter and producer. She's also worked in A&R. She was signed to Death Jam Records at 19 years old, and she's co-written with Drake, J-Lo, Ed Sheeran, Jesse J, and recently has written Smashes for BTS. She also runs her own podcast, The Green Room, which focuses upon artists and speaks about mental health. We have an amazing chat about her life as a songwriter, about being a woman in the music industry, modern songwriting, and much, much more. Please check out her website, jennaandrews.com. Subscribe to my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters, on all platforms and on YouTube. And enjoy this podcast. Thank you for being here. Joining me today on my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters, is Jenna Andrews. Jenna, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you for being my guest. You're somebody that's, uh, you have a fascinating career to date so far. And from what I've um, been reading and from what I've been listening to on your podcast and uh, finding out about you. So I just want to ask you the simplest question of all, really. What got you into um, writing songs? And when do you decide to become a songwriter and dedicate your life to being a songwriter? Um, I really started when I was a kid, basically, you know, right out of the womb, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, like, I would say that I if I were to really define when I started songwriting for real, though, it was probably when I was 14. Um, I, I started really focusing on writing and realizing how much I loved it. Um, and then in terms of really doing it professionally, I got my first record deal when I was 19 um, from a song that I wrote for my parents for Christmas wow. and um, happened to put it on my space of all things. And then um, and then here I am today. I mean, that was kind of the, the beginning. Fantastic. So getting a record deal at 19, was that with Def Jam Records? Did I read that right? Yeah, that was. Amazing. So that's a big deal at 19 years old, right? To, to sort of put something out on MySpace and suddenly find yourself working with a major label like that. How, what, what did that experience of working with a label like that um, do for you as a songwriter and artist? Did it help or did it hinder your, your kind of songwriting and artistry? Oh, interesting question. Um, a little bit of both, I would say. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think, you know, the value in being signed so early um, was the relationships that I made and being able to really kind of jump from knowing nothing to knowing something pretty quickly, you know? And um, I think learning from people that obviously have had a lot of experience at that point, especially when I really hadn't had any. So, I mean, in terms of the professional landscape, but, you know, so that, that was amazing. But I think the part that was hard, especially as an artist myself is to, write with so many different people and kind of lose um you know lose my identity a little bit and not and kind of forget what I really wanted to do as a personal artist so I think less so in the songwriting sense actually funny enough I would say it probably really grew my skill as a songwriter and was worse for me in terms of an artist and and losing that authenticity um but but yeah I mean that that experience and I, I ended up being signed there for seven years and I think that it was just such a you know, I guess the best way you can describe it is being um, drafted to the NHL or NBA or whatever, but being on the bench, you know, because I mean, I don't really know that I got off the bench 
when I was signed. But I do think the experience in just being dropped into the major leagues was a ma- was like a kickoff point. That's a great answer. That's a fantastic answer and um, very insightful. So in, in terms of uh, you now, do you see yourself now as an artist first or a songwriter first, or do the two things live with each other? Like, how do you see yourself? Because um, obviously you've written some amazing songs, like a big hits, but you're also an artist too. So how do you, how do you now, having had that experience, how do you think of yourself first and foremost? I think of myself... Um as an artist in, in my core being, I yeah. think it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to shake out of you um, in terms of who I am and, you know, what I think I can't help in some ways. Right. But I do think in terms of, of a career and um, what I feel not, e- I, I, w- I won't even say what I feel I'm best at, but I do think that as a songwriter, I've really found my niche and my path because I I'm I'm really able to communicate with other artists and understand their journey and be able to put it into words and into music. And I really think that's a gift, you know, to be able to not only, you know, obviously write the song, but understand the real the real value of what a song can bring to, to so many people's lives. And and that to me is so important. That's amazing. So yeah, and you're right, it's it is a gift. I've written with lots of people and, and actually to be able to write your own songs one thing but to, to kind of co-write is different isn't it because you have to know when to move to sort of press forward pull back when to kind of inspire when to let someone have a moment so you're working with like people in a, in a really intimate space which requires uh a lot of trust isn't it to, to, to work like that exactly and I think that um not only that but you have to sort of not be like not be selfless, not selfish, right? Like, especially if you're writing not for yourself, you have to really listen and understand someone else's path. And yes, put your own experiences in it to be able to, you know, obviously co-write and know when something is clicking and will be relatable, not only to one story, to but, but to many. But I think that it's important to really be an ear in those, like, particular situations, especially when you're not writing for someone, but with someone. I think that um, it always turns out so much better when you don't, when your ego is checked at the door. Yeah, and that it can be quite tricky to do that, can't it? As a writer, it can sometimes, if, you, if you've got something that you really love, that you're writing, that you're really excited about, <laughs> if somebody isn't vibing off it in the same way, there is that little dance of ego to kind of, um, to navigate, isn't there? Yeah, and I think, you know, back to your original question and saying like, do am I an artist or a songwriter? I think a lot of artists struggle with that because when you're an artist in, in your own right and you feel so strongly about an idea, not only, yeah, is it, is it an ego battle in a way in your own head to be able to be like, well, this is the idea, but also sometimes it's hard to give that away to someone else. I don't pr- really have that problem and I never have. So in that sense, I, I, I'm different in that, in that way. I really have always enjoyed giving songs and being able to collaborate and hearing my songs being sung through different voice, like, you know, having a different voice sing the songs that I write because I think you know it's it's special it's I always you know it's, I feel like a uh, a broken record but I always say it's like making a baby with someone you know yeah. it's 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 special so you always will have that shared um thing yeah. with someone else forever and yeah. that's that's really cool and it's such a connection to be had but yeah it can be challenging in that sense fantastic you've worked with some huge acts um and obviously like you're you if you don't mind me saying, you're you're someone who is working 
within the modern field of songwriting, which is different from, say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and what I mean by that is the kind of structure of modern songwriting has changed. It's less kind of intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like classic. It's, it's changed over the years, I think. What do you think, as a modern songwriter, writing songs for people like BTS and with Ed Sheeran, those big, you know, it's different, isn't it? How has it changed, do you think, as a songwriter? What What is modern songwriting about? And what advice would you give someone who's trying to break into that kind of modern pop um, writing style? I mean, it's it's such an interesting and hard question to necessarily answer because it's not necessarily so tangible the way that I think it may have used to like the way that it was you know just because yes it's of course about the song and of course about um you know structure and all the things that you're saying but I do think that relationships and just the power of hustling and you know not an understanding that your first song or your 100th song or maybe even your 500th song or maybe even your thousand song, I don't know, won't get cut. But I think that the idea of keep going, like just to keep going and, to, and meeting more people and and something will, will land. I, I think in terms of structure, um, yeah, I know it's kind of the wild, wild west. I think it's whatever feels good. And I, and I know that's hard to necessarily say, which is why the tangible factor is, is, um, is, is, is comes into play because, you know, no, it's not necessarily about, verse pre-chorus verse pre-chorus bridge chorus a lot of people don't have bridges but in fact you know we'll skip a chorus and replace an outro bridge today you know and and I think you know a two-minute song today is basically you know 230 is almost getting kind of long so I think that um you know back in the day three minutes and 30 was the time it could have been four minutes that that's just like a you know that's that's an essay in today's world but I think um you know, so those things, but I, I always just kind of do a gut check. And if it feels right and emotionally, you know, there and present, I, I really think that that's sort of what, how I understand if you have something or not, you know, I mean, um, in, in, I do think to your point too, structure may have been more important back in the day, but I think it's less important now, but feel is more important. I sure. think <clears throat> no matter what genre it is. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's, you made you mentioned something there, which I think um, I'd like to highlight. If that's cool, you're talking about the hustle, and um, you know that is just the reality of of the business, really, the hustle thing. But how do you <clears throat> how do you find the hustle? Because it's 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 got to be done, but it can be extremely draining and, and tiresome. But also, a good hustle can be like, when you're on when you're on it. A good hustle is is really great. So how do you find that part? Because it's not writing. You're you're a great artist and a songwriter. So the hustle thing is like. A whole different energy and a whole different kind of requires different levels of character and mental well-being so how do you find the kind of hustle side of the industry i mean everything that you just said it's um it's very it's very taxing in some ways because you know it's there's you can never you have to kind of gauge your <clears throat> like you said your mental health versus your ambition um and I just think um you know today more than ever I think it's important to wear a lot of hats I know that's always been something that people have argued against in the sense that jack of all trades is not a good thing but I actually think 
you know, it's just balancing them. It's like, what are you focusing on the moment? But I do think that the more you learn and understand how to be self-contained, whether or not, you know, you're a musician, you can play every instrument, you know, are you a singer? Do you sing your own songs? I'm talking about in terms of being a songwriter producer, for example. Right. But like, even like for, as for myself, it's like, as an executive producer, I've, I've really tried to carve out a path in the A&R sense, like more, not in the new school research type of way, which I think is fine too. I mean, if I've learned a lot about that side, um, cause I, I did A&R for like five to six years, but I think that learning how to oversee a project, how to pick hit songs, how to put a song together, arrangements, um, you know, and, and the more you do all of those things, the more people you meet, you know? Yeah. And, um, but in terms of people starting out, I mean, it's, it's really just as simple as like reaching out on any social media form. You know, I've met a lot of people that way. It's not easy because not everyone will respond to you, but the one response you might get like may change your life. And I also think that, you know, I do a lot of mentorships. So for example, I'm doing one with like, she is the music or, you know, I consult for this company called Navac that broke um, this artist called uh, named Rosalyn, who had a big song off of Eurovision last year, Snap. So you never know when these things are going to happen. But the point being is that, you know, if you apply to these these companies or you have, you know, and then you have professionals sort of oversee or mentor, you have the chance to to meet them. And I, you know, I have another lots of people always like you know, DMing me, hey, would you want to speak at my college, Berkeley, Clive Davis program, all these things. And I'm always very willing and love doing it just because I think paying it forward is really good karma too. So, but those are ways that you can learn and also meet people because, you know, again, it's like we're busy. So it's not always possible to be able to dedicate all your time, but you may get the some kind of advice or even in the, in, in, if someone sends me a song, that one song happens to be amazing. Maybe, you know, that's, that's your shot. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things that you just have to keep betting, yeah. right? It's a bet. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And it's, it's, it's the same advice that I would give anybody that you just have to, you have to just keep hustling and you have to also look after yourself at the same time. But like the, the hustle is not going to end. And so you just have to learn and, and sort of be grateful and manage your expectations and mental health at the same time, which is leads me to my question about, I started listening to your podcast last night, The Green Room Talks, which is great. And I really like what you're doing with it. It's very important. So just give us a little bit of an introduction to our listeners here about what you're doing with that podcast. Yeah, so for me, I really started it. Um, well, I had the idea for it before COVID, but I started in COVID because obviously that was um, a very challenging time for people's mental health and felt very appropriate to launch something like that during the the um, pandemic. And for me, the reason I originally wanted to start it is because of what we discussed just a couple minutes ago about, you know, songwriting in its true form is really so therapeutic. And it's just something that I found over the years that I have made some of my best friends and greatest relationships through songwriting, because, you know, again, yeah, you have to be vulnerable, you have to be trusting, you have to be open to talk about really hard things sometimes to create like some incredible gems right so I think I don't know which episodes you watched but there's a couple that has been that have been interesting in the sense that you know we'll be talking about whatever issue we're talking about and they'll say something and then I'll be like that's a song title and and yes it's 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 a podcast and it's in a 
you know, therapeutic way. And I have a therapist that's on every episode, but it doesn't take away from the fact that conversation in its truest form really is authentic songwriting, right? It's how you piece it together. And yes, um, you know, I forgot to say this back when you asked me about song form. It's like, there is obviously song form and there's math to it. But I think in a great song, there's always some, some most of it has to feel really authentic and into the fact that like, you know, you can be in a restaurant somewhere and overhear someone talking and, and be like, oh, I relate to you and want to talk to that person because you feel like you have a life experience that you can share with them. And that's what a song does. And so that's what I feel like the green room does in some ways, because um, we talk about real things. And, and I think it just is is so interesting that to show people that it's really a vulnerable place and you have to learn to do that and be open in your own self to to make art sometimes. And and beyond that, it's just very um, cathartic, and it's 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 an it's a great experience, and maybe a warm up to therapy for some people that haven't done it or are maybe you know unaware of what it's like, and maybe it's a good you know it's just um, a good first try to maybe just come in and talk to an artist or a songwriter or artist that you already know, and and be able to understand what it might be like to have therapy, and that's why I love to have the therapist or a professional there because um that the insight they give is just amazing for you know obviously mental health and and um not as much now but on on in covid we did it a lot you know on on um different you know social media outlets so you know there was a there was a thing on youtube youtube rodeo and we just had people um you know a lot of people commenting as we were discussing doing like our discussions and it was just um it was really cool to see the way that we affected people's lives you know like there were we provide a helpline for every episode so some people really were in um pretty serious situations and it was nice to be able to help them and see that those channels were were um you know effective in, in them listening to our conversations so you know now we do a lot of them in person and I just um, you know, they're always kind of different. And, um, but I just, I think my main point is to change, even if I'm doing it little by little and, you know, it's baby steps towards whatever goal it may be. I don't even know the mountaintop for this. I actually don't. People ask a lot, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say, but I think for me, it's more like of a passion project. And I love even to see, you know, oh, sorry about me. Hold on two seconds. You might need to pause. Hey, sorry, you can never, you, you never predict the dogs. Sorry oh, about that. that boy um, or girl. It's, um, it's a, uh, I might need to let her out. Hold on. Two yeah, seconds. go for it. Hold on. Um, sorry. Um, should I start again or do you want me to? No, just okay, cool. we're good. Just, yeah, we're cool. We're good actually. Cause I mean, sometimes those things are quite funny in a podcast. Cause I, what I like about the form, like you said about the conversations, things come up even your dog making a noise is that it's life right so you can't sometimes you can't edit life and yeah yeah our job is to make records which is a lot of editing and a lot of uh making sure things are the right thing but sometimes these conversations that you're speaking about with the green room talks and this conversation things happen and what i really liked about your podcast is it's um a place it's a you don't hear many artists always talk about mental health it's become easier to do so but I really like the kind of way that you are, um, you know, having a kind of really safe conversation, which isn't like really hammering you over the head with mental health, but it's like, it's intimate and like 
safe and uh, gentle yet open. And I think you've done a really good job with it. So well done. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. That that means a lot to me. I just, I guess what I was trying to say at the end of, before my dog did bark, and I love that you said it's live. That's a lot of, a lot of people like to shut it down, but that's so cool that you, you love that. Cause that's what I love too. I just think, you know, I think that it's important, even if you change five people's lives or you have any type of impact on them, that's enough success for me. Like in this particular thing that I'm doing, just because, you know, mental health is such a, like a thing I've struggled with my whole life. And again, that's one of the reasons why I also want to do it just because I think for me, I understand what it can be like to live with something like that. So to even give back and feel connection in that sense is makes it all worth it. And, and um, so it's no amount of likes or comments or, you know, it's not none of those things that like, of course that matters. And I want a bunch of people to see it and be affected. But in the, in the end of the day, I just, I, I just hope to affect one person out of each episode. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, that's kind of my goal. I, it, that's, you know, and that's what comes across and I really believe you as well because sometimes you get people say things like that and it's like yeah okay but but it's actually you know you're from you know you sound and you know from my talking to you now you're very genuine and it comes across in your podcast <laughs> well let me um let's go back to songwriting uh for a second who um who were your big songwriting influences growing up and who are they now um so growing up I actually listened to a lot of old music with my mom and it was a good bonding experience so you know it was everything from donny hathaway to um billy holiday to carol king um which really ended up impacting me on the songwriting side um and also like mariah carey of course brandy um i was always a, a r&b jazz um girl so so that was definitely like growing up my my biggest influences i would say um now it's really hard to say honestly just because like I have so many artists that I respect and love, um, but being in it now is so, it's, I, I still feel like I pull from older references, to be honest. Like I, you know, like even Brandy or Mariah, and even in my artist projects, um, you know, I pulled a lot from Billie Holiday and I didn't mention Massive Attack or like Sia, but even even then, like, I feel like that was more of my influence. So I think that when I when I sang or when I, come up with certain melodies I hear myself kind of going back to yeah. sort of the formative years rather than what's now I mean I think when I'm referencing things that are now or things that I like can always be different depending on what songs I end up loving or what artists I respect at the moment but it's hard to pinpoint my top three um today I would say but I mean there's so there is so many it's just like in terms of what's in my heart and which will forever be ingrained or stained on me <laughs> I think it's I think that's really interesting and I can hear that in, in your writing but it's it's you know one of the things I say to new songwriters or you know the kids if you like is go back and look at all the classics because they're classics for a reason and people like Billie Holiday I mean like Carol King Billie Holiday like you know in some ways they've got they're just like the geniuses aren't they so like you know drawing from those people is is really good uh, and it's important I think for the new songwriters to go back and check out those people and what they have to say because it's the form of like it's the kind of standard but by uh standard that a lot of the songwriters live by and aim for right a hundred percent and I think to your point again going back to how songwriting has changed so much and in its form and in its structure I think there's something that we lost sadly in in music today you know and um there was something so much more like 
connected in music back in the day. And I, and I don't think we, I, I always talk about this with friends and is it, is it because we're now living in today's music world and 50 years from now, are people going to be impacted by music? Like we are from our, you know, from the, the music we grew up on, like, it's hard to say, but I don't think so. I feel like there was something like Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder and all these like great artists that we look up to. Um, their music just felt so much more like, like from something out. Like it just didn't, it just, it just, it's sort of, it is intangible in, in some ways, but it just, it felt different than music today. I don't know. And I'm sure you know what exactly what I'm talking about. No, I do know what you're talking about. And I think I think sometimes it's it's difficult to it's a really interesting conversation actually because on some levels I think it's like down to access of like having too much music to access and so there's oversaturation. Uh on the other side of things, I think there's been like a kind of watering down of music as an art form. Um kind of in one way by the industry through like reality TV and kind of through sort of throwaway kind of uh, areas, throwaway kind of just making it cheaper, I suppose, like more razzle dazzle and less meaningful. And so like a lot of lyrics, which were like, if you listen to the lyrics of Paul Simon or Joni Mitchell or Carol King, they're quite profound. And exactly. They're about self-awareness. They're about growing. They're about looking at the world. And now, you know, a lot of, I suppose, not not everybody, but there's, there's a lot which is talking about the material world. There's a lot which is talking about, I don't know, it just doesn't have the kind of same depth to it, you know? I guess that's what I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But even like musically or or like or um, melodically or any of those things, I think they all sort of don't I, in, in a weird way. I think... Um, it is translated so different. It just felt like it truly was from the gods or the heaven, you know, just back in the day, there was just something so much more just like, like you said, live and, 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 and it doesn't have to be live, like the way that it's, it, I don't mean like live recording. I just mean like, like live now, like just in your, like just in your gut, like something that just felt so like real. I don't know. It's really hard. It's just, it's, 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 hard to necessarily put in words but I think um I did it just feels more connected to them in in mm. some ways and I, and I and I know that's a general way of saying it but I I do think that and I miss that but I mean there are some songs and obviously amazing stuff that comes out today I just don't think it's it's just I don't especially when it comes to artists it's hard to find like a new artist that touches you in the same way that it did once yeah, yeah, and no, I agree. I think it's may maybe music's just slightly lost its kind of um, power as the major medium, you know, because the internet's sort of taken over. And uh, anyway, where songs come from for you? This is, um, you know, you've spoken about craft and you've spoken about the people like Billy and Carol who pull out magic out of thin air, but I, I think you do that too. So, like, tell me what your relationship is like with your muse or the muse or the creative realm is it so do you think it's a craft you've learned or do you think there is some kind of channeling or magic kind of realm that you can step into tell me about that process yeah I think that um a lot of times it just doesn't feel like it comes from you it just feels like it's from you know somewhere that you can't like really hold on onto or grasp onto I just feel like sometimes when you say something or you have an idea and it comes to you, it's almost like it was channeled into you. 
Um, and I'm sure you've heard other people say that before, but it just, um, it's, which, which makes me feel that's even more true, but it's just a spiritual feeling that you can't really understand or, or necessarily have a particular, you know, um, method to it. You just know it's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great answer. Um, you also, I don't mean to put this across the way it will come across because it's, I'm very aware of kind of a man saying this, but like, I think things have become uh, more open to um, women and female in the music industry, but you know, it's, it's been a very male led industry and something I think you've done, which is brilliant is to kind of carve your own path as a female producer and a songwriter and hustle. So tell me about, that experience as a woman in the music industry how has that been for you and what would you say to other girls that want to that are in the music industry trying to make it or people that want to go into it well you know tell me about that experience because for me the female artists are way more interesting than the male artists right now and I think the wheel has turned so or turning so can you speak to me a little bit on that um on that front oh my god that's that's um that's funny i just that you said the female artists are are better <laughs> um well i think it is back to what i said i think for me it was just where wearing a couple different hats and really being able to um explore different things that i could be good at and um not necessarily letting that male led aspect affect you i think that you just have to keep your head down and and, and kind of just do a great work. And for me, that's kind of why I got into A&R because I knew I loved, I love working with people and I love the connection um, of that alone. But also I really, really love working with female artists. You know, obviously I, I, not to say I don't like working with male artists, but I just do think that there's a connection that you can have with other females that's different than males. And I think guys have the same thing. They, you know, it's just, it's just natural. But, but I think that to be able to, um guide a girl through their music just through life experience and helping them grow in ways that are not just musical is so exciting so for me that was something that I feel like really was a growing point for me in understanding how to build an album for example or you know um just kind of navigate certain things with them and it and it's in that's an experience in its own self and I think growth to whatever place that you choose to um, experience it is healthy for anybody so for me it's again it comes down to just exploring and not being kind of not closing any doors I guess that's a really good advice to someone just being like instead of just being like no then just try it once and see if you like it or not you know but it, it doesn't have to be like I'm working with this girl now that I just started working with and she really wants to you know and this is common but she really wants to be an artist or a songwriter but she's doing she wants to get into the business side just to kind of get her foot in the door, which I respect because I think it, there's a lot of people that would have too big of an ego to do that. And I think it's really cool of her to be like, no, I want to get into this so I can meet people and learn so I can then be better at my craft at one point. So that's that's commendable for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I mean, I think you're right that like uh, trying on I mean, the reality is as a, as a whatever your gender or how you identify is you're going to have to put on different hats and learn um, to produce learn to kind of record your own demos at a quality level you're going to need to know how to look after yourself in terms of um the legalities of things so you know learning as much as you can about songwriting the process and the industry is is like is a really good thing right the more you know the better a hundred percent a hundred percent a hundred percent i i've i'm such an advocate of that 
Yeah, good, good, good. Okay, listen, I'm going to ask you um, one more question, if I can. And thank you so much for your wisdom and honesty and openness. But this is a question I ask uh, everybody, which will change from day to day. But if you could have uh, written any song by anyone else from the history of songwriting, what song would you uh, wish that you could have written? Wow, good question. Um, oh, that is such a good question. Um, let me see. Uh, that's a hard one. Is it hard for people? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe some people just know. Um, uh, that's um, what do I wish that I wrote? I mean, there's so many, there's so many good ones. Maybe um, I mean. Maybe hero, Mariah Carey. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It's interesting to ask that question because I think it's one of those things where you dive into your, like I said, it will change tomorrow or like you'll think of another song in 10 minutes. But I like hearing sometimes people's first instinct to that um, question because it reveals quite a lot, I think, as a, as a, in a kind of subconscious way to uh, different writers. Uh, oh. It feels like you think about you think about things very similar than how, to how I think about things. I love that. Cool, cool. And um, also, like when talking about first instincts, actually, when you're in a room with uh, somebody and you're writing a song, um, I was speaking to somebody last week who who was saying how important your first instinct is, and the, I was speaking to someone the week before who was saying how important it is to keep on writing and writing and writing and writing the same, like maybe writing ten verses. Where do you sit with that? Where, you know, is your kind of first instinct the thing? Or is there a happy medium between like really laboring a track? What's your feeling about that? I think it's I think it's first instinct. But the funny thing is, is a lot of times I think I I can see what the second person said because sometimes it's laboring. You don't have the true first instinct until the tenth time. It's mm. really being able to check yourself on which which time it really is the thing. So sometimes it is the first instinct because sometimes you don't really come up with something right away that feels great. Which in which way you want to keep fighting for it until you find that thing that feels instinctual. But if the first thing feels that way, then I think go with that. But the thing about first instinct um, is that if you come up with something, it's it's laboring to make it perfect. So you might come up with an amazing melody that you know is the one, but it's how do you shape it and have the right lyric that really sells that that moment. Brilliant. And Jenna, where can people find you online? Where would you like to send people to um, find where you, where your music and, and your um, podcast is? Um, it's the same everywhere. It's just the Jenna Andrews. Um, it, it's all my socials are that. And then um, my website's just jennaandrews.com, um, I think. Um, but it, yeah, across all, all socials, it's the Jenna Andrews. And the podcast is just in like my link tree. Um, and on YouTube, it's the same, uh, just the Jenna Andrews. Brilliant, Jenna. Thank you so much for your time and um and for being with me today. I really, really enjoyed talking to you about songwriting and and your methodology and everything. So, thank you very much. Thank you. It was so great. I loved. I loved this. Mm -hmm.